Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Many of us today have an understanding of what that is, but what if you've gone your whole life undiagnosed? Thank you for joining me on episode 52 of the Unique On Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. This is the birthday episode of the Unique On Purpose podcast, which means we are taking today to celebrate. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, and I am just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. Today, as we wrap up our ADHD series, Pete Lathrop, is a successful man in his 50s who believes he has spent his whole life with undiagnosed ADHD. Take a listen as he shares what it was like growing up and how he manages today as an adult. Welcome back to the Unique On Purpose podcast. And I have a special treat because I have my boss, one of my bosses in the room with me. I laugh. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a boss. I'm just a coworker. Well, you you taught me everything I know about about broadcasting. That's for sure. You were the one that trained me for radio. I had no broadcasting experience whatsoever, and I don't know what you were thinking. Like, who's this millennial coming in here thinking she's gonna? I don't know what you. Well, were I thinking. must say, I must say this: that I was very pleasantly surprised at how well you adapted. And, okay, uh, we're able to get going, <laughs> and I've watched you evolve mm-hmm. into what you are today. You're doing a fabulous job oh thank you well i wondered what you thought because you were showing me the ropes and then you looked at me and you're like you need to take notes and i whipped out my phone to take notes and i didn't know how you felt about that no 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 i i think that's great i mean it's a good example for me i yeah. mean actually so yeah. you've actually taught me some things oh well good, so that's uh, good. i'm pretty i can be cocky that way but that's okay <laughs> so I call you my booth buddy because we we work in the same area in the radio station. Your booth is right next to mine, mm-hmm. so we're always yelling at each other through the glass. But I wanted you on today because this is right now I'm doing an ADHD series. And you suspect that you have ADHD, but you've never been diagnosed. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of people out there that may have it that are not diagnosed. I think there are a lot of people out there that think they have it and don't really. They just, you know, you'll hear jokes. Oh, my ADHD is kicking it, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I'll say that too every once in a while, even though I I don't have it. But for you, and I think for someone that works with you, I would agree with you that Mm. there is something there, Mm -hmm. but let's, let's go back. Let's kind of start at the beginning. One, you're Pete Lathrop. You're you're a husband, you're a father, you're a grandfather, mm-hmm. which anytime you talk about your grandbabies, your your oh, face yeah. lights up, your eyes light Let's up. Go. You're a big camper and radio <clears throat> broadcaster. You were a former youth pastor and you turned mm-hmm. ra- so we kind of have similar stories. I was a children's pastor turned radio broadcaster. And this has kind of been a new thing that you have been discovering about yourself, but I want to know what it was like for you growing up. Yeah. First of all, this is the first time I've ever made this public. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, this is the only person that I've really talked about it seriously with was my wife mm-hmm. or is my wife. And so we've had discussions about how all this came to fruition to us. I go back to when I was in grade school and moving up through until high school uh, that I could could not figure out certain things, like mm-hmm. for instance, math. And not, uh, math is hard for a lot of people. Yeah. But I could not throughout my, all of my elementary, junior high, and, and senior high years. I could not really be an A student. 
And I know that that seems to be kind of an aspiration for all of us Mm -hmm. to be that way. And I know that that's kind of a a small portion of the student body to have that kind of achievement. But I I was basically a B minus kind of guy all the way through my education. And I could not figure out math. I couldn't do all this kind of stuff. And of course that all sounds very familiar to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but I really started figuring out, um, that there might be a problem when I was, when I started in my marriage with my wife and that relationship. And unfortunately, as I get older, I start to see it even more prominent. Mm. And that is, I, I, uh, I forget all, a lot of things that my wife told me. And, um, I, I constantly looking for my keys in my mm-hmm. wallet. And again, this might all sound familiar to a lot of us, mm-hmm. But I feel like it's at a level in which I thought, I think my wife probably agrees with me that it is at a, almost a clinical level. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I went, uh, I got to give an example. Um, My, my wife always says, you know, you're not listening to me. Mm. You're not listening to me. Mm -hmm. And I could be watching her face. I could be right in front of her. And three minutes later, I forgot what she said. Mm-hmm. And that just does not sound right. Mm-hmm. It just does not sound right. And, and so uh, she says, you know, you ought to go to a hearing specialist. Maybe you're just not hearing, literally physically not hearing mm-hmm. things. So I went there <clears throat> and after all the different uh, testing and things like that, he says, Pete, you've got perfect hearing. You mm-hmm. you literally have no impedance whatsoever in your hearing. Mm-hmm. And so I went home and told my wife and she says, well, I think you may have ADD mm-hmm. and, uh, or ADHD or whatever the case may be. And, uh, and that's so you go back through all my history of my struggle with paying attention, struggle with, uh, you know, learning certain basic things mm-hmm. and also forgetting so much, yeah. um, now, I, again, I'm, I'm putting myself out there, folks, so <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing to, to even admit it, but uh, I, I have really fundamentally, without even going to a clinic, mm-hmm. um, I really believe that I have this problem. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a reason why you've never gone to a clinic to just get tested or anything like that? Not really. Well... I shouldn't say not really. Mm-hmm. It is kind of an embarrassing thing. No, I no. mean, it's an, for an adult to say. You I've think got, so? Well, you know, I, I, I honestly think I, because I myself in my teen years and when I was a little more immature, used to use things like, oh, you've got ADD. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Oh. You know? uh-huh. So, I mean, all that time it's been a stigma kind of a thing where mm-hmm. I don't want to be associated with that. Got because, it. Because, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I used to use that in my stupid years mm. as a way to, to jab people, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I apologize for that. Anybody out there listening who's got <laughs> ADD, I'm so sorry. But uh, no, I just, I think it's been one of those things where I just didn't want to admit it. Mm. I think that's subconscious. So yeah. do you feel as if you actually went to the doctor, then you would actually be admitting it? It'd be. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I probably should, I mean, I'm 56 years old mm-hmm. and, you know, it's about time for me to start tackling this a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, by the grace of God, I'm able to, 
you know, at least, uh, you know, be productive in my life and, and do quality enough work at my job and at my ministry to, to be acceptable. But yet I still struggle with these kind of things. Right. No. And I can see that where you kind of grew up in a time that, cause you kind of grew up in the seventies. Well, seventies right? and eighties. Seventies yeah, and eighties. I was my, in my, you know, elementary years in the seventies. Okay. So. so I can see that where it was more of a taboo thing and it wasn't as well known right. as it is now. And even though 2022 is a crazy time and there are a lot of things that we wish we could change about, mm-hmm. you know, the current state of our world, the one of the great things about our world right now is that there isn't that stigma of right. ADD, ADHD, autism, or, or whatever. I think we're a little bit more open now, but it's still... Even though it's more open and you can agree, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I still feel like there's a grieving process if mm-hmm. because you're you feel like you're not normal. Absolutely. I, I do. I, I mean, the times that I and this is almost on a daily occurrence. I feel dumb. Mm. I feel like, come on, you knucklehead. You can do this, you know, and I, I do have a self-deprecation at times mm-hmm. when I deal with these kind of things. And really, I need to get to a clinic mm-hmm. and re- and re- tackle it. Okay, but yeah, there are there are times where I really beat myself up. Mm-hmm. But do you feel though that if okay, so you have this idea that you've told yourself for a long time, I'm dumb because just your brain it really is just working differently. It's not dumb. It's just it mm-hmm. works differently than somebody else's. <clears throat> do you feel that if you maybe did go to a clinic and got a diagnosis, that there would be some sense of relief that? oh, I'm not dumb, that, oh, no, this is actually, there's something to what's going on. I, I think the way I would describe it in the whole sense of, you know, feeling down and mm-hmm. or embarrassed or whatever, um, I've managed over all these years to be able to sustain a positive mm. mental attitude. Yeah. You know, and I don't self-deprecate myself all the time. I'm just saying there's frustration there. Yeah. And I think the frustration comes from when my wife, very, I'm not blaming her at all, but when she becomes frustrated with me about things, I feel bad about mm. that. So I, I think uh, it's taken me this long for me to admit it, which I think for a lot of adults out there who are struggling with it, maybe in my middle 50s, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like if you're in that same position, um, you know, there's there's an answer to it. I need to get there, and I need to find that answer myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I know that there's medications out there that can help. Right. So right, not even just medications, but there's like different lifestyle choices that you can make as sure. well. But I get your point, and I didn't honestly never crossed my mind the fact that if you grew up in the '70s and the '80s, and it was more of a taboo thing, it's going to be a lot harder for you to admit. Yeah. Where somebody in their 20s, I mean, they'll put their hand up and they'll. I I don't want to say they'll wear it loud and proud, but they'll more be more free to admit it. It's kind of like I think people in their 50s and 60s would never want to admit that they see a psychiatrist or a therapist. But someone in their 20s right now would be like, oh, yeah, that's not what my therapist said. You know, (laughs) when you grow up with parents out of the boomer age Mm -hmm. group, they're they're taking and establishing um, fundamentals in their children that basically they know that they have adopted themselves. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying that my parents were, were such that they, they looked down upon people who had, uh, cognitive problems, Mm -hmm. you know, but 
<clears throat> I think it is a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Have those kind of feelings like I'm not good enough or mm-hmm. I'm, I've got a handicap. Mm. You know? Yeah. Now, your daughter, doesn't your daughter? <clears throat> yes. My daughter is, uh, she went to she went to her college education. She got um, a degree that deals with um, working with young kids mm-hmm. who have these kind of issues. Like anxiety? Yeah. She okay. has anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she has it very, very bad. Mm-hmm. And so she herself had a burden to work with kids mm-hmm. and, uh, and help them through that problem. And uh, so she still struggles with it, mm-hmm. but she, she's, I just talked to her on the phone the other day and uh, she says she's seeking out professional help mm-hmm. still herself while she's doing her work. Right. So while she's the professional yeah, help. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, so I'm learning a lot about things like that. I don't think I have the same issues that my daughter has, mm-hmm. but um, I know that she is very, she's a strong woman and she, uh, knows what to do when it, when it comes to you know uh, uh, going overcoming emotional issues. Mm-hmm. You know, and wasn't she one of the first ones that kind of pointed that out to you, Dad? I think you have yeah, this. I, yeah, it was. She was. She she says, but Dad, I, you might have, uh, you know, ADHD or ADD, mm-hmm. um, and maybe you never knew you did. Yeah. So I was. It was. I give her the credit to pointing that out to me. Was that kind of eye opening for you when she said that? Well, it made sense, actually. <laughs> you know, she helped me connect the dots on things. And, of course, my wife, uh, I love her to death, but she reminds me awful lot about connecting the dots on things. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, again, it's it's a learning curve for me mm-hmm. uh, and my wife. And, I, you know, I need to adapt to some certain things that are, you know, like routines. Okay. Uh, always put my wallet in the same spot mm-hmm. or my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't deviate from that because I will forget where it is, mm-hmm. you know. And that's and it, just an example. Is that something you've always done, just because that was uh, habit, or is that something you've had to learn how to do the last few years of kind of this discovery well, is getting these routines? Problem is, is when you when you have this, and I don't know whether I'm I'm descending into it further as I get older, uh-huh. but it's still a problem for me to even to establish a routine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's still a problem. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there may be a time when I get older where I have to actually put markers up mm. where, where I say, okay, this is where your wallet goes, right? you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing to admit, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I guess it really does come down to me having to, to try to find some help for this. So did I throw off your routine by having you come in here to do no. this interview? No, actually... Uh, <laughs> I I do go with the flow pretty good, mm-hmm. but I, when it comes to things that I need to remember, mm-hmm. I have to have markers. I have to have boundaries for me to remember those things. Mm-hmm. I have to remember to look in people's eyes and think about paying attention. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are because I can I can be in a perfectly direct conversation with somebody, and I start thinking about pizza. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's me too. <laughs> you know, or, or yeah, but yeah, I, I know you know what, what I'm saying. Yes, I, I know what I you could, mean. I could be looking him at the eye, even nodding my head in conversation, and I could be somewhere else. Yeah. Maybe that's not that rare among a lot of us, but mm-hmm. I think, 
man, I don't know whether I'm at a, a level where I should be finding some help mm. when it comes to that. Okay. So when you say you caught my attention about looking people in the eye, has that always been an issue for you to look people in the eyes? Um, not really. Okay. Uh, I find myself when I'm in, engaged in a, in a serious conversation, I, I usually keep eye contact. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but again, if we want to come back to the subject matter, I mean, I, it is something that I need to do. I need to establish that eye contact so that I concentrate okay. on the conversation. Oh, okay. So I think I understand what you're saying that yeah. if you're kind of, if your eyes deviate, your mind is also, I mean, you're yeah. already struggling with your mind, yeah. not deviating from the conversation, but if yeah. you can keep your eyes focused, yeah. that will make sure that you focus more. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm understanding now. So what other routines do you have in place? I mean, you're in broadcasting and broadcasting is not, I mean, part of its routine. I mean, you, every day you need to do the weather every day you need to do the news. But at the same time, every day is so different. I have a little advantage because I am a sanguine. Do you know the temperament studies? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a sanguine is a person who, um, if you if you know your temperaments, that person can be the life of the party mm-hmm. when he wants to be. Mm-hmm. That person can um, doesn't have a lot of uh, cautionary things that put in front of him. He's willing to do things do it vibrantly, you know, go out there and, and be an encourager, be Mm -hmm. a a happier person. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have that temperament that allows me to be a little more out there Mm -hmm. and, and, and uh, take some, take some risks, you know, and then, and working with people, reaching out to them, being willing to talk. Um, And so that helps me uh, in, and overcoming some of my deficiencies when I think I have in that of being ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it would be good for all of us to do a temperamental study, mm-hmm. I recommend it mm-hmm. because it helps figure out uh, some of the elements of who you are. Right. Um, personal personality studies are really good for us. I think. Mm-hmm. So, I would like to do a study on how many people that have ADHD are sanguines. Mm-hmm. because that's what I always hear about ADHD persons mm-hmm. is that they're the life of the party. Yeah. That that's just they're spontaneous. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and if, and, and they, they love to take risks and when they're not on their medication, they are the funnest people to be around. Yeah. yeah we can be a lot of fun. Let me mm-hmm. tell you. Um, I, I like my brother though. He is, he's a phlegmatic. A phlegmatic is someone who is routine, mm-hmm. who is low key. Mm-hmm who doesn't like to be ruffled. You know? Oh, okay. Uh, he's a super nice guy. Love him to death. Mm-hmm. And people love him too. But he will not be the guy out there going, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <clears throat> and so that's different. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't want to go into a no, temperamental but, study. But. but going back <clears throat> to the broadcasting, I mean, do you have enough of a routine then to help you not deviate oh, yeah. off? Oh, yeah. Okay, because you've been doing this for almost 30 years. Over I mean, 30 years. over 30 years. So, like I said, there is so much in broadcasting that is different on a day to day basis. I didn't know if that threw you off or it's been 30 years, so you're used to no. it. I, I think what I do is I, I have um, a plan for how I broadcast. Mm-hmm. I want to keep people abreast of what's going on today. Mm-hmm. 
I want to keep people abreast of what's coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I want to weigh it out. Being that I'm a Christian broadcaster, I want to uh, continually inter, uh, interject spiritual encouragement. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a kind of a formula of how I, you, you know, do my show. Mm-hmm. So I follow that. And, and, and of course, if you do it for 30 plus years, you know, it seems to be, it's just it's a, a road. It's a habit. Right. And so you just follow that. So there is structure, maybe mm-hmm. not tangible structure, but I think I, I have something going through my mind that I've learned over the years. Well, and that's good too. Now that, okay, so if you have, if you do have ADHD, the fact that you have created those routines over the past 30 years, your brain has kind of been wired now where this is all habit for you. Do you ever feel that your ADHD throws you off in broadcasting? I mean, do you ever feel as though you do deviate and you have to kind of hone yourself back in Mm, whether it's on air or off air? I don't, think so. I think um, the only thing that would be a, a hindrance would maybe common to a lot of broadcasters is just trying to be creative. Okay. Sometimes it can be difficult to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, Every so, single day. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so I have the same common problem that most broadcasters do is that you have to come in and set it up. Uh, like for me, I have ways that I can put cues on my screen. Mm-hmm that will will help me direct my thoughts and my conversation. So I, I before I start my show, I put these things up on my screen, and then I know, well, I'm going to be talking about this event. I'm going to be talking about that piece of scripture mm-hmm. or maybe sharing a personal testimony or mm-hmm. something like that, or even praying. So I put these cues in front of me that help me to be more directed. Mm-hmm. You know, Right. Now, okay, so you have this routine set up at work. Do you have that routine at home? You have your wallet in the same place. You have your keys in the same place. But what about everything else when it comes to the day-to-day stuff? Boy, you know, I wish I did. I, I know, I, I you know, there's simple things. Like I every night I make coffee before I go to bed. I mean, I get my coffee maker prepared. Ready, yeah. Okay. So then I, I, you know, get my lunch ready and all that stuff. <clears throat> But, you know, I kind of allow myself to be flexible mm-hmm. when I'm at home because it's really where you should be. I mean, you yeah. got to be able to let down and and relax. I, I'm i very, uh, I mean, I mow the lawn once a, once a week. You know, I do all this kind of stuff. So I do have kind of a routine. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I have it as regimental as I do here, obviously. I okay. think that should be the case. Well, and you don't have kids at home like you used to. I think it's right. different when you have kids and you you really do have to have mm-hmm. a lot of structure yeah. in the home. But you and Becky as empty nesters, right? You don't have to have as much of that structure. I think I think where the problem lies is interpersonal interaction. Oh, and I think that because I lose track, well, I, mean, I, I do. I still lose my wallet, and my phone all, <laughs> all the time. Okay, so I'm, that's a given. Uh-huh. But I think the real issue is that I lose um, I lose my concentration when I talk to my wife. And that hurts because she wants my full attention. Yeah. And that looks to her like I don't care. Mm-hmm. That looks to her like, well, apparently I don't, you know, I don't think she really feels that way. But I think that there's a frustration. Mm-hmm. She knows that I've struggled with this. Mm-hmm. But yet <clears throat> it doesn't take away 
when she, I mean, any natural person who loves somebody wants to have that, that attention and that directive. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the, the problem falls where that ADHD kicks in and, and then, and there's, it just, it creates problems. Yeah. Not to the point where we are in a marital problem. Okay. Or, or we have to seek counsel. I, Heaven knows she has learned to adapt to me mm-hmm. over the years. Yeah. But uh, I wish I didn't have this when it comes to interpersonal relationships because I can I can compensate at the workplace. Mm-hmm. I can compensate in a number of different elements of life, but I create frustration when I don't concentrate, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's my problem. Do you... In a sense, though, I, I know that the, it's frustrating. I know that it creates issues. But have you ever seen it as an advantage in your life? Like, are you at the place where y- you think, are, or are you still in that place of discovery where you're still trying to figure things out? But, I mean, is is there any area that you say, you know what, this ADHD is actually an advantage in this in this area? Well, you know, that's a hard one because... I've only been associated with this through negatives. Mm, you know, I, I right. have not found anything that I've experienced with this <clears throat> as a, excuse my, I keep clearing my throat, but I have not um, found anything that I found positive when it comes to these examples that I've given you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, that's, that's where I feel like I really should go see somebody mm. about it. Mm-hmm. Of course, it took an interview for me to admit that. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but no, and, and I, I just ask that because I know that God does not, God always wants to take what we see as a disadvantage and use it towards his advantage. But this is something that you're really just discovering about yourself in your 50s. So I can see where you're going. You know, I really don't know any of the positives yet. Yeah. I mean, I know that there are. We just haven't, we just mm-hmm. haven't discovered it. Well, and it's when I first started seeing this happen, you know, years ago, I I was really scared because I couldn't remember names. I still have problems with names. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about personal, close family. Yeah. I lose names. Mm -hmm. And I I literally have prayed to God. I said, Lord, I don't know how, I don't know how, uh, I'm going to be when I get to be in my seventies, I'm going to be just a guy staring at a corner mm-hmm. because I can't remember things. And that's scary. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, my, my wife has assured me though, that you're way too young for Alzheimer's. Yeah. Uh, at least. Yeah. Uh, Cause she's worked in the medical field. Yeah. So she knows. Uh, but it, she says it's very much, I believe contributed to an ADHD problem. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's things where I, I lose names. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I might be resonating with a lot of people listening today because, you know, names can be one of those topics that people tend to agree that you lose, you know, you, you forget names. Right. But I mean, we're talking about close personal family. Mm-hmm. And you just, oh, what was, oh, what was their name? Yeah. You know, that's, that's not only frustrating, that's scary. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate your vulnerability today because I know you said this is really the first time that you've kind of openly talked about it outside your wife. I mean, I know that you and I have had conversations, but not something this long and extensive mm-hmm. before. But if you were to 
give advice to somebody that's around your age, that's in their 50s, and they're dealing with the same thing, and they would say, you know what, I think this is an issue for me, but I don't want to get tested, or I yeah. am embarrassed, or I grew up with it being taboo, what, what would you tell them? What advice would you give to someone? Well, uh, just for example, what I did is I went to my ear doctor, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff, tried to figure out what the deal was, said I had perfect hearing. It really is the, it's the process of elimination. You know, and then when you feel like there's really no other explanation to it, you really should go see, uh, to go to your general practitioner doctor mm-hmm. and then, ask, you know, get, 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 uh, hooked up with somebody who knows more about ADHD and those kind of deficiencies and, you know, and, and do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's really, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. I really need to get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. And just as a great reminder to, I don't want to say older generation because you're really not older, but you know, those Gen Xers that this was kind of a taboo subject. It's Mm -hmm. time to swallow the pride and not make it taboo anymore Mm -hmm. and just go and get it checked out and see, because you never know. And, and if you do get it checked out, that could be an advantage for you because you can find out ways Mm -hmm. to help you. It doesn't have to be a negative. Yeah. And cause I'm, I'm a firm believer that ADHD is a superpower if you take it and you move it into the right direction, we can always see it as a negative, but I do believe that there are definitely some positives. Well, and, 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 you know, I believe God's used me in a number of many different circumstances throughout my life. Mm-hmm. And because of my personality, my temperament, mm-hmm. maybe because of my ADHD, mm-hmm. there've been a lot of things that God's been able to use me in, mm-hmm. in other people's lives which I'm very grateful and humble about. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I don't think my life's a failure. Um, I think God is perfect in his ways and in his, uh, his plan for people. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I have confidence in that. I certainly not beating myself up. It's just, there's just a frustration that I have in from time to time regarding that. Um, and it certainly hasn't ruined my marriage. My, my, my wife and I are in a great, position mm-hmm. relationally. Um, but yet I do think that you can enhance things if you find a solution to it. Right. Know, so, right. And like you said, you don't beat yourself up and that's one of the keys. We, we, we shouldn't be sitting here beating ourselves up. Yeah. if We feel like there's an issue, but if we get help, then we can channel it in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you so much for really sharing all of that with us today. I know that wasn't easy and that was, you know, that was kind of a big deal for you. Well, and it's, it's a good kick in the, you know what, you know, <laughs> to get out there and uh, do something about it. But thank you for allowing me to do that. Yeah, of course. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Unique On Purpose podcast. And thank you to Pete for opening up for the very first time about your life. I hope that this episode was helpful to you no matter where you are in your journey with ADHD. Join me next week as I compare ADHD with SPD, which is sensory processing disorder. We'll talk the differences, the similarities, and how you can help your child if you suspect SPD. A reminder that my book, The Real War on Women, is coming out in two months. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for updates, and I will also be doing updates here. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify. Don't forget to download, share, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved, 
And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I will see you next week.